Welcome to episode 35 of the Through the Point podcast. This week I had on a familiar voice in Kara Winger. It's now her third time on the show. I really appreciate her coming back. I've been joking on Instagram about how she harassed me to come back on and I had to just let her in. That's not really the truth. Hopefully she's listening so then she can forgive me for that. Um, But she had an idea to talk about some of her injury history and what she's dealing with right now and some of the lessons from that. And then we also got into just general background about her. Obviously I've talked to her before, like I said, but you really get to dig in deeper once you have your third time around. Like you get to ask questions that I don't always get to ask everybody when I only have roughly an hour with uh, no prior conversation with them. So we got to really go into that, talk about what she's up to right now, uh, her lessons she's learned from injuries in the past and everything like that. I don't think I really need much more of an introduction. So as always, thanks for listening. And I'm here with Kara Winger for the third time. She would not leave me alone. Like I said in my post, she was harassing me, Scott, Scott, please have me on again. And I just said, all right, <laughs> all right, if you want. No, no, I'm, I'm really grateful to come back on or for her to come back on. because She's always been a great guest. People love listening to her. I love the conversations we have. So thank you, Kara, uh, for taking time out of your busy schedule now uh, to come back. You're welcome, I guess. <laughs> I regret everything. Yeah, she's going to log off now. Just end meeting for all this mm-hmm. over. But uh, yeah, awesome to have you back here. Do you want to just talk about, I guess, like what you've been up to before we get into the theme, which is injuries. Obviously, unfortunately, you're dealing with one now on the road to recovery, but uh, I've been dealing with that. That's going to be like the main focus, but just kind of what you've been up to in the past few months and what you're doing right now. Sure. Still at home. I last spoke to you from my basement with Ari um, and now I'm in my kitchen uh, with my dog, Madeline. I have a job now. I've been serving in a couple different AAC, USATF Athlete Advisory Committee roles. Um, I'm a coach uh, for a freshman kid uh, at the Air Force Academy Prep School. I don't know if I'm allowed to say his name, but I'm very proud of him and it's really fun. And yeah, training, sort of, mostly still off season, but recovering from this injury. Right, absolutely. And now that you mentioned it, I think this is the third room you've been in I think all three interviews you've been in a different place so I pretty much know the whole layout now and so I can come over and just know exactly where everything is but uh that's awesome that's cool that you're getting into so many different things I think right now like you're not just doing the rehab like you have coaching you have the new job which do you want to talk about that job as well We we talked about it briefly before but just explaining to people what you're doing and where where it's at Sure, yeah. So Elite's Optimization Services is the parent company. Uh, We help elite athletes go to elite professionals. Uh, Whether you're retiring right now or you're just looking to kind of explore your options in the future as an up-and-coming professional athlete, uh, we're here for you. It's really fun. And the first product of EOS is Parity, which is a professional female athlete influencer platform. So essentially social media marketing, but also professional development opportunities. I'm officially the director of athlete services, but I have a lot of different jobs because it's a startup situation and it's really fulfilling to serve a community that I'm still passionately a part of. Right. And that's what I was thinking when you first mentioned it was just how perfect that fits for you like in your life but then also you're probably a few steps ahead of some other people as well that you could really like guide them through that journey I guess uh, is the best way to describe it so well it's really funny because I started actually as a like a mentee in this program in the elites optimization services program 
trying to figure out what I want to do with my life because I have never known Scott. I, uh, I have undergrad degrees in nutrition, fitness, and health and a minor in art and design. And then I got my MBA with an accounting concentration, but I also love home renovation. I love to play the <laughs> piano. I am big into like animal training, blah, blah, blah. So I just have always been lost. And it's really funny that you say that because I am not the career coach. I am just like helping the athletes like understand what the process is. Okay. Um, and I loved it, even though I didn't necessarily get the answers I was looking for, but I also didn't expect to because I never have. And they're going to be a lot better for people that have a more focused idea of what they want to do. Right. And I think it's good that, because I know people that have the opposite problem where they don't know what they're interested in. Maybe they got a degree, but then it's like, what do I do? And it's like, you're saying, what do I do? But you have so many different ways you could possibly go. So I'd say that's a better problem to have than uh, I guess the other way around. Yeah. And that's, what's really awesome about the position that I have in the company. Like they saw my, you know, ability to do a bunch of different things. And so having that just work really well with the position I'm in is really fun. It's always different. I need that in my life, like variety. So I can do a lot of things well for them and like in my own life and other areas. Yeah. That's that's what I was going to say too, is personally like with the I'd like to be in some type of startup where I'm doing a bunch of different things instead of like in a massive company necessarily where I'm like the same exact thing every day. I don't think I would enjoy that very much. So right. Like being pigeonholed is no fun at all. Absolutely. Absolutely not. And and it's probably helpful too. It's like, if you're doing a bunch of different things, maybe you'll find one of those things that's like, okay, this, this is it. Like, I don't know if it's animal training, but (laughs) probably not. I really, I had (laughs) dreams when I was little about being like a Marine animal trainer like orca whales yeah that's not happening i live in colorado so so we've ruled that one out that's one off the list of now like adamantly against sea world and things like that it's just not gonna happen i also my my bosses are really great for like kind of pushing me out of my comfort zone too like i know i'm really good at certain things but like they see that i could be at other stuff and so it's like their coaches themselves and it's great it's been great that's awesome awesome to hear it and I think I want to get into too, like before I said the injuries as well, like someone just asked like, what's the day in the life like? So I guess right now, what would a day in the life be or a week in the life, but then maybe also like uh, an off day or something different where it's like, cause obviously you have your training and stuff, but like, what is a typical day for you right now when you have a training session and maybe an off day, what would you be doing then? I... Yeah, I kind of misspoke, I guess. I am not officially training yet. I've done a lot of different like workouts to get sort of ready for that. Like this week and next week, I'll do a lot more shoulder stability stuff to get ready for med ball throws uh, after Thanksgiving. But I started prehab like August 4th to get ready for surgery uh, at the end of August. And then I've been, today is my three month post-op anniversary. So that's very exciting. I had a checkup appointment at the surgeons yesterday. So currently a day in the life is get up, walk Madeline, breakfast, go to rehab. Rehab's an hour to an hour and a half usually. And then middle of the day, I spend uh, outside as much as possible, but doing most of my work. And then that's probably punctuated by meetings, whether they're for work or I'm a true sport ambassador. So like I had a call for that today. I was on an athlete panel last week for the Air Force Academy to talk to their cadets about doing the best they can in COVID, which really sucks, but they're awesome, so they're going to be great. And then uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays, I go coach my athlete. 
sometimes when I come back from that, I jump on USATF AAC or board calls and serve in that role. And then sometimes I eat dinner. Sometimes, yeah. I was going to say, there's not much room for meals or anything besides whatever you're doing. It's like not one thing that's taken up the whole day, but it's like 10 different things seem to be getting two hours of your day every day. (laughs) It's pretty crazy. And I really like have had to do a little bit of not soul searching necessarily, but like prioritizing of my time. And I'm going to have to eliminate a couple things because I really care about the EOS and parity stuff. Obviously, like that's my full-time job now, but they're even more amazing as bosses because they understand that I'm a full-time athlete as well. Mm -hmm. So that is truly like what my contract actually says, you know, like you're an athlete, but you're also like our person. Um, So I, I have to really hone that down. You also forget as an athlete that being injured is more work than being healthy. So once I start training again, like then I add a couple hours of practice to my day on top of the rehab and all of the other stuff. So I just have to make some smart decisions moving forward. Right. Absolutely. And like speaking of dinners, like Ari and I meal planned every week this summer because we didn't want to go to the grocery store very much. And so I was like really kind of drowning a little bit about a month ago and I didn't have time to go to the store and I wasn't eating properly. And that's really important when you're healing. So I employed those skills again and it's been way better since. So she's so good for me. She's a really great habit. (laughs) Do you want to talk about, I guess, when she ended up leaving? Uh, We we were talking about that a bit. I'm kind of just jumping around here. Like I'm looking at the questions and you're already given some little bit of insight into like some of the stuff we want to talk about but maybe just talk about when she left and I guess the injury prior to that and and just started up there for sure I I feel like it's flowing you're it's great (laughs) doesn't feel jumpy at all okay so we drove uh, and Ariana Ince I will say her full name she lived with me for four plus months during quarantine COVID summer was very fun because I had one of my best friends in my home and we road tripped to Coeur d'Alene, Idaho uh, at the end of July. So we were there for about a week, week and a half before a competition on August 1st, Saturday, August 1st. The plan was to compete. And then I was going to go to my parents' house in Washington for the month of August, pretty much. Like just, I hadn't seen them. They were at the meet. So that was really fun. Um, I threw 64-44 on my sixth throw. I was really happy. Um, I also had a 62-15, I think in round three, and then 64 meters even was, I think, round four. But on that last throw, my knee moved like a little weird, and it didn't hurt really badly, but the next day when it was like swelling more than it should have been, I just deep down in my soul like knew exactly what had happened because I had torn my ACL before. So the plan was for me to go home to my parents. Ari was gonna drive my car back to Colorado, to my house. And she went home via Yellowstone, sorry, Glacier National Park. So she like was in the middle of nowhere, Montana for two days, like on her way home (laughs) to Colorado. I had like driven to my parents' house. I was supposed to stay there, but like Monday morning, um, August 3rd, I called the Colorado Springs Olympic and Paralympic Training Center, the sports med, and I was like, something is really wrong with my knee. What do I do? Like, can I get scans here? Or like, what's the game plan? And Ari was like getting home that night, but I had not spoken to her because she was not in service. Yeah. So I'm like talking to Russ, my husband, and 
like making this plan. And as soon as I called sports med, like I'm sobbing on the phone because I know exactly, you know, what's wrong. And um, they believed me, which is really cool. Like they know me well enough to know that she's not being dramatic. Like something's probably terribly, terribly wrong. So I called them like at eight o'clock Pacific time. And I was on a plane at 1215, like to come home. Oh, wow. Um, Monday. So like Ari had Russ's number because he was going to be home like when she got back to my house with my car (laughs) from driving for two days straight. And again, I had not texted her. So she texted Russ at some point that afternoon, like, hey, I'll be home at this time. Um, And he said, great, like I'm picking Kara up at the airport at about the same time. And she was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) What's going on? Because I had said something about I'm trying not to like freak out about my knee before she left Idaho on Sunday morning. But that was the last she'd really heard from me. So when I walked in the house and she was already here and I was like, I can't talk about it right now. Like I'm going to like lose it. Um, It was just, it was really funny because like, even though we'd spent all summer together, two days of like not communicating and not seeing each other it was like really good to see my friend when I walked in my house right absolutely especially in in a time like that when you're handling it well now but I mean at the time like when you made that post everybody in the community was sad that was amazing support I was (laughs) extremely touched um and yeah then she drove to Texas the next day like literally packed up that evening and left um to go back home so that's insane. That m- amount of driving in that period of time is just absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> we, we haven't totaled the miles we drove this summer, but we really, really should. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Her especially because when she moved to Colorado, she drove 16 hours straight from San Diego. What in the world? That is what? just insane. Like I drove eight hours or nine hours once and I was like, I'm good. Like I don't really need to do that very, very much more than that, but that is just an absurd amount. When you live in the West, you got to cover more ground for sure that's true that's a good point (laughs) do you want to talk about I guess your post on positivity and like that you just had the other day I I was just interested in that because you talked about like toxic positivity and a bunch of the questions I got from the thing I put on my story were asking like how is she so positive with everything going on and it's like I know you are but you're also a normal person at the same time so it's like do you want to just talk about that balance and I guess behind it I don't know you know better than me just like talk about that for sure I I feel really strongly about this and actually the the article that I'd read was about teachers and like all of the hours that they're putting in for a job that they didn't really sign up for in 2020 and beyond like however long whatever this mix of remote teaching is um but just like positions like that where the only way to get through them is to appear super positive is not helpful for anybody. Like not being able to talk about like the detailed process of where positivity or what appears to be positivity comes from because like it is okay to be mad even like repetition to repetition if your technique is like falling apart a little bit. Being a little frustrated about that lack of performance like fuels you to get better later. Um, so yeah, for, for me, positivity, it has never been just about starting from a place of positivity. It's starting from a plan. And like, to me, what positivity is, is momentum toward the end goal. Like, it's just a, 
an encouraging feeling of like confidence more than positivity because you see the steps that you're accomplishing toward what you want to accomplish. And that's what I wanted to be honest about because like some of those steps aren't very fun, but it doesn't mean they're not important. Right. Absolutely. And like from Instagram perspective, like all you see is the yay Kara's with Maddie the dog walking, but it's like there's a lot of not fun times I'm sure that you're dealing with that no one really is going to understand outside yourself and I guess like your closer circle so I think it's good to like or good that you made that post and good to just touch on it more here so people can really get to know it like like I said this is an injury episode but also like a get to know Kara episode I guess a a little bit better so just like getting into the background of it we're peeling the onion (laughs) exactly exactly now now we got to get deeper than just the, the surface interview from the first time then we had you and your buddy uh Ari I can call her Ari you gave me permission we're we're close we're close like that but uh now we really really get into it but in addition to that do you just want to talk about like how do you handle injuries as they come and like the day-to-day nature of that obviously this is like a severe injury you're dealing with but I'm sure there's many like smaller nagging ones like just handling that on a day-to-day basis well I think that's that's really interesting, like, what you were just talking about, like, sharing about the the hard times. Like, I feel somewhat guilty in this process because it has been amazing. <laughs> like, my initial, like, this is what happened to me post about my ACL, like, five days after, um, I was devastated. Like, I was terrified. I did not know how it was going to go because it sucked the first time. It was horrible. Like, I hated <laughs> so much of it. And I expected it to be just as hard, but like, I'm different. Number one, it's a different surgery because it's not using my own tissue to like replace the ligament. Uh, And I just, I'm a different athlete. I'm in a much different situation. The first time I hadn't gone back to grad school yet. So I was like kind of lost outside of being an athlete still. And now like I have a home I love. I have this dog. I have a husband who is wonderfully supportive and a job and like so much security outside of sport that it's a totally different situation. So initially I was like, I'm going to share all the terrible things and it's just been amazing. And I, I, (laughs) that's honestly how it has gone. Like I'm not making it up whatsoever. And I'm as shocked as anybody that it's going as well as it is. So I just want to be straightforward about that. I do have some clicking in my kneecap, which is very normal because my quad's not strong enough yet, but it's not a big enough deal to make a big deal about it but now I've shared the negatives (laughs) yeah absolutely and like how old were you the first time you had uh the surgery 26 yeah so like that's just like you said completely different and like having those things I guess that again goes into like more of the background but also like injuries just like how important is it having those things around you to I don't want to say distract but like have other outlets like obviously even when you're healthy it's important to have those other outlets like when all you have is sports like the bad meat is like the worst thing in the world but then it's like not that you don't think it's upsetting if you have a bad meat but it's like you have so many other things you can also like rely on I guess so like how important is it having those uh different outlets for your energy or your focus and just taking that off of only javelin for sure I I totally agree it's very important and it's the same as the, the day-to-day question, which I didn't really answer the first time because I was stuck on positivity. <laughs> but like, 
that is to me what positivity is. Like, what am I going to accomplish today? Did I do it? If I didn't, like how close was I or what can I do tomorrow like to make that better? And I translate that to all of the jobs that I have rather than just my knee or just like, like my left shoulder kind of freaked out last week. And I was like, um, excuse me, we have other problems right now that are priorities, like what's happening. And that's my only other like surgery is my left shoulder. And so I was just like, why, why is the left side of my body betraying me in this end of 2020? But, um, it's fine. It was just an impingement. Uh, but yeah, like having those daily goals, not only in sport, but in like, in my job and in my AAC positions and even like I know it's dumb to be the dog lady but walking the dog like that's a real goal of mine and she was like here in the aftermath of my left shoulder surgery um so it's just a it's a really ritualistic kind of thing that makes me feel like me and that's important outside of sport absolutely absolutely you mentioned earlier how you had you were in uh, at eight o'clock, you were in, I think, Washington, and then you had already been on a flight to come back and, and get the surgery or get like dealt with. So do you want to talk about dealing with like athletic trainers, physical therapists, doctors, all those different things? And you talked about, because you suggested the question, uh, actually, because we had Kara, I had the one of my story, then Kara gave me some and I thought of some, uh, just like having those relationships, like using them as your resource, and then also maintaining relationships with them even if maybe it's not they're not the best I guess or or you don't feel they're the best or doing the right thing for you but like being respectful and that just all of the like I guess advice for athletes dealing with those things or your experience as well for sure I so my first major injury uh in college was breaking my arm playing football with my friends on Thanksgiving break (laughs) (laughs) So that was like a very early introduction to the sports med staff. And uh, then I hurt my back real bad in college. So same people, like same resource, but like a different injury. And I think I didn't credit that enough at the time because all of a sudden, like I had all this evidence that these people knew so much more about my body than I did. And being able to like be humble in that learning process and figure out that like, hey, this stuff in Epperdue was like a basement with no light <laughs> Like before they renovated the sports medicine facility and like doing all that gritty work that doesn't feel like it's related to sport, but totally enhances your performance when you get back. It just was really natural for me to recognize the learning that could happen in that space away from the track um, that affected my performance on the track. And that never would have happened without injury. Um, Because I think people just, they get either impatient or uh, they're not humble enough to recognize that learning opportunity. And it can be just really awesome. Um, As you get better in sport, more people want to work with you. And sometimes uh, they're either like volunteer or uh, just not the the best. And even if you've been around the best sports medicine facilitators like in the world, which I am very lucky to have been through the Olympic and Paralympic Training Center situation, there's always something to learn, even if that's just like a networking opportunity. Like what coaching situation have they been a part of? Like I 
there was a volunteer here last year who was really great, like massage therapy, but like her dad is the head coach at Eastern Washington University. And like, that would be really fun to have a camp there. And so I emailed him and like, we talked a little bit and um, again, she was great, but just treating people like people is always important. And that goes to sports med people as well. Um, and just, if you're, if you have better relationships with them, your rehab's going to be more enjoyable and everybody is going to come out of it with a positive experience. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause I had, I've now been at three different schools. <laughs> so I've had like three different college staffs. Obviously I'm not as far into my uh, career as you are, but like one of the trainers specifically at the last school I was at before Iowa state, we were just like, I mean, I never had any really serious injuries like so I was fortunate I was gonna ask you that how pure is nothing yeah nothing really major I had like two or three times in baseball like a flexor strain in my forearm so I couldn't really like Mm. throw for a while I mean but that's like a couple months type thing no surgery required or anything like that but like there was a trainer that just like she would just help me with the basic things or just like maintenance of my body but she was just like we're like good friends you know like it's more than just like you said like a business transaction with like them where you just okay can you do this for me and then leave like I think we're Facebook friends and like we just like when I would go back there uh, and visit my girlfriend I would just like go to the trainers just so I can like talk to her and like hang out so that was like awesome and she wanted to come to some of my meets and different things like that so yeah definitely important to have that like outside or like that next level relationship with them even if she didn't have to like help me come back from surgery but she was still like there for me when I needed those things there and then also like even now like we're still friendly. Yeah. And you're like, you're obviously upset when you're not, when you're dealing with an injury, like you might not have the best attitude, but this is what those people like do for a living and are the best at. So paying attention to what they're saying and treating them like human beings is really important. Um, That's never actually been more true for me than when I finally got to go back to the training center in August, like after I tore my ACL for the second time. And it was still very raw. I think the first time I got back into sports med was after like my MRI uh, and I just knew and they trusted me like they believed me uh, I thought I kind of had it together and then when I saw my PTs and ATCs that had put me back together the first time like I lost it again and like it's COVID but like they gave me hugs because I was like sobbing my face off in sports med and that was just incredibly touching because I know they're not disappointed in me they're disappointed for me because they're part of my support team as much as Dana and Jamie are so um it's just it's really important to be there surrounded by people I also didn't realize how much I missed it and like rehab is my life like regardless of if I'm actually injured or not so um being back with my people is really amazing yeah and that same trainer I'm talking about also was like the biggest one to listen to me whine about different things about sports and whatever so it's also like yeah that's just like another level it's like yeah I would just complain and she would just listen so I, I appreciate that because I sure. need to and like that's that's the like strength coach versus technical coach relationship too like it's very similar but there are just things that you like go in the weight room and you're like ah oh, like this today and and that's like a third just outlet for whatever's going on in your life so I really enjoy it same same story um one of my Purdue athletic trainers Kara Kessin 
is the USA Volleyball head athletic trainer. And we, like, go out to dinner when she comes to town to Colorado Springs, like, to see the, the USMPC people. And it's just, it's fabulous. Yeah. Also, awesome. the Instagram world, like you have learned, is so wonderful. And, like, every phenomenal PT that I've ever worked with is, like, nothing but encouraging in any recovery situation. So. Absolutely. That's yeah, that's awesome. And I like how you said that they're not disappointed in you, like they're disappointed with you. Like they're that's the thing that they're on your side. Like they're not like, oh no, I need to hide my injury from the trainers. It's like I need to go to them because they're gonna support me, not because they're here to like punish me for getting hurt, you know. Right. I, one thing you mentioned earlier too that kind of leads me to the next uh question you gave is like uh, you said that you weren't eating as well once Ari left and like do you want to talk about how the rest of your life can either like help or hinder your recovery process when you're injured? For sure. Um, I think it's natural to whether intentionally or not distract yourself from an injury and in the recovery process and I did not mean to do that like I said very briefly earlier. You forget what it's like to be injured and how much more work it feels like because it's just it's very detailed and it's all overwhelming especially post-op like it, it feels different because it's your body is different like it's gone through a serious trauma post injury injury is trauma surgery is trauma and you just forget how much time it takes to deal with that so um yeah for a little bit i'm not handling all of my responsibilities well but uh the rest of your life has to be prioritized in order that you can prioritize yourself in response to an injury and uh I was like kind of just trying to keep my head above water for a few weeks but then being an adult enough to make some of those decisions has really helped in the last couple so um feeling good now and really that was just me feeling supported by too many different groups uh, in that that became like me also like helping those groups. And it was just, I was just overextended. I don't know. Yeah. So you can be extended and helpful and part of the networks that you've built, which feels supportive, but you have to be able to prioritize yourself too. Right. Yeah. Something, I don't know what you said made me think back to like when you just said, asked how, this is like completely unrelated to that, but like how uh, pure my body was from injuries is like, know, and like serious. dealing with it, it's just making me laugh. Like I was just like, you're talking and I'm just like still thinking about that, like laughing because I was like, so like probably how you were, like you were saying the first time, obviously you had the serious injury, but like well, this time they knew you were like not kidding or like not exaggerating or being dramatic. Like I'm definitely someone that I don't, even if I don't say it to other people, like I'm per to myself dramatic as hell where I'll just be like throwing and like my elbow hurts. Like it's done. I'm done. Like, or, like, <laughs> like I'm just so injured now or like my knee hurts. And it's like, literally I'm like, I can't even like, not that I I'll, like not stop training, but I'll just think like, Oh no, like what if I'm like out? And then it's like two days later, it's like fine. So like, I, there's definitely like, a good thing of maturing. Not that I, I would call myself an immature person, but like, as you like mature like understanding like like you said you're like okay like I know this is bad and, and whether or not that obviously you don't want that but like to be able to know that and like differentiate between minor wear and tear and like severe injury like sometimes that's not my strongest suit <laughs> yeah well that's funny that you say that too though because I I am pretty level-headed and like clear in my communication and stuff like that but 
I have, I don't know if it's like self-deprecation or just for the benefit of my PT, Kelsey, but I've done stuff like that too. And like, because I had a cadaver graft this time, I was like freaking out about uh, infection <laughs> like right after injury or right after surgery. And um, I kept bringing it up and she was like, will you please stop it? Like, <laughs> you're totally fine. I'm like, I, I don't know. I've never done this before. It's crazy. I also like to that note, I keep thinking that I have way more experience returning from injury than not returning from injury. That's true. And that's really uh, encouraging. Yeah, absolutely. And with that, I wanted to know if you have any like mental strength tips or like advice for coming back off injuries. And this was actually asked by Haley Poole, the one that you like, this was super cool that no one knows this probably besides Haley, me and Kara was like, when she was going to that meet in Idaho, she just said, Hey, that, girl that was on your podcast um from montana does she want to come and throw with us at the meet and it's like they've never met and it's just obviously the care is my good friend now so we're chill but like care is like a big deal actually so uh that would be like really awesome it's like any other sport like having one of the best in the sport like personally wanting to reach out and she was like yeah can you connect me and like, i don't she didn't end up going but it was like really cool that you had that thought so i think people should know that but uh she was the one who asked that question because she's had she's in I'm pretty sure her senior year and she's only had one season or only competed in one season because she was hurt and then this season got canceled so it's like she's coming back off an injury and she wanted to know about that but obviously that speaks to more than people just her but I figured I'd, I'd shout her out since she was on here before she also had a great episode uh if you want to ah. go back and listen hi Haley yeah I'm <laughs> glad you didn't come to Idaho but it's fine someday <laughs> um yeah it was that was a battle kind of to put that meet together, but it was, it was really fun. It was very well done. I loved it. I'd never been to that facility before. So good times. Uh, mental tips day by day, same thing. That's like really the thing. And, uh, sometimes it sucks, but there are little victories that you can get from every day. Like truly if like, you extend your leg all the way one time, like the week after surgery, like you don't have to do it 12 times. You just do it one time. Like that's your victory for the day. And I really have enjoyed, you know, now I create content cause it's 2020 and we have the social media. So. <laughs> yeah. And even though it is my job, like I'm less social media inclined than I think a lot of other people. I enjoy it for the connection and for the like genuineness of it, but I try not to abuse it if that makes sense. Um, but I do like taking film like almost every rehab session to see how far you come. Cause like that little video diary of like every day getting a little tiny bit better, all of a sudden at the end of each month, I go back and I'm like, Holy shit. Like this, this is amazing. I forgot that I was like that, at that point a month ago. So mentally that can be really helpful. Uh, and also being involved in other stuff. I've said that so many times on this podcast, three times, uh, having other things in your life is really important, but the biggest thing, like when it comes to actually competing or actually like putting it all on the line again, is that you're not a hundred percent till you're a hundred percent. Like at some point you will surprise yourself with the repetition and like that moment is really important to celebrate and like reflect on and really marinate in because it's gonna happen at some point. 
you can't force it. Uh, you must do the little work to get there, but then you'll surprise yourself at some point and that's worth celebrating rather than worrying about doing it again or worrying about how long it will take you to do it consistently. Like just those little victories are super important and that one moment that you feel like yourself again is very important to recognize and be happy about because focusing on that is like the the quote-unquote positivity but it's it's a really re real thing that you are surprised by it right and I, I just think the general theme of that is just the fact of like break like you said breaking it down to like a smaller thing and then like I, I view that the same way as how I view like when I'm making technical changes or something Correct. like that is like I'll it's like session to session like you want to obviously take that time but then you also don't want to get so absorbed in one because it wasn't as good as like if you throw Monday and Friday like because the Friday session wasn't as good as Monday like that doesn't mean whatever but then like whenever I do that I look back at a video from I don't know six months ago and I was like that's that's how I, especially now like I made a ton of changes in the past year like looking back at like oh that's what I looked like last November like yuck <laughs> so it's like yeah maybe this one wasn't as good as the one before or something like that or like you said like some days there might be some small setbacks or something that you couldn't do it but like taking it like in that and then looking over like the long term I guess so you want to focus day to day but then compare it to like long term I guess I don't know if that makes yeah, any sense remember but. to like notice where you came from like celebrate how far you have come um that'll give you so much confidence and I do the same thing that like like a throw from 2018 I think Dana and I were watching film like in 2020 at some point and I was very happy technically like in 2020 like so many grass throws uh, so much repetition like that let my body be comfortable. Um, I tore my ACL because I felt amazing and I pushed it too hard <laughs> and I fell into bad habits and pushed back with my right foot to fall onto my left leg and tear it. I'm just grateful I wasn't doing something dumb. <laughs> that's true. No, no football on Thanksgiving. It's like you were able to avoid that one. That's a, that's a plus. But we were watching video this summer from 2018 and it was like we always like heart a throw on you know the iPad and that's right. like the best throw of the day and there was like one that was amazing in 2020 and now it looks terrible and we're like what this was good like what are yeah we um so it's it's exactly the same with an injury um and for me personally if I may in 2012 when I tore my ACL the first time I spent months practicing on a torn ACL and then I competed on a torn ACL so 2020 is so much better because like that throw went far that throw is the sixth best in the world in 2020 i'm really proud of that effort and i it really sucks that it happened but at the same time i felt so good and that's my last memory of throwing the javelin so mm -hmm. mentally like getting back into it i'm really excited to not have like the pain, like the memory of pain throwing the javelin be the last thing that's in my mind. Cause that's how I felt coming back from 2012. And it was really difficult to get over that, but this feels so much more manageable. Absolutely. So. And, that's, and like maybe was, if yeah. you hurt a different area of your body, you can think about how good the rest of your body felt and like focus on that going into like new 
you know, a new body, a post-surgical body, whatever. Right. Um, and like gain confidence from different positions or whatever. Yeah. And that's what I was going to say earlier was at least it was a bomb of a throw and not like a 50 meter foul that you were like, Oh no, it, it like everything went wrong. It's like, well, that was a pretty damn good throw at least. So if you're going to make it happen, I guess <laughs> it couldn't have happened in a better one. Totally. I mean, I feel like if my timing had been better and I hadn't torn my ACL, it might have gone like 67. <laughs> I don't know. Like I felt so good that day, but that's, that's the mistake that I made. I feel like karma uh, came back to bite me because I was like, maybe today's the day, 10 years later, American record. Uh, and there you go. Joining you instead. There's always next year. Yeah. So distance <laughs> should never be at the forefront of your mind. Just positions. Yeah. Happened. Yeah. Also, it was August 1st, original Olympic competition dates were qualifying August 4th and finals August 7th. So like the first would have been like my last practice. And I just keep thinking that like, what if I was in Tokyo and I tore my ACL in practice? A regular bro Greer, except he did it in qualifying. And um, that would not have been okay. Like oh, that no. would have oh, been no. a lot worse than <laughs> yeah. Now, so that, that's great perspective on that. Uh, obviously, you've mentioned that you've had uh, some struggles with the knee, but someone also asked, like, is there any other part of your body that you feel is like stronger than others, or like things you feel good about? I guess like shoulder, elbow, or anything like that that you're like, I have an advantage, or I've like maintained this well over my career outside of the knee, obviously. Hmm. Well, and I mean that's funny because I always prioritized knee rehab like that's why like I was injured by someone when my left shoulder got torn but this is the most unfair injury because I did everything possible to not let it happen um, right. so if you're talking about a, a joint that I maintained maintained well I thought it was my knee <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, yeah. um I don't know I this sounds really dumb but I don't I have never really been super clear on what my absolute strength is as a javelin thrower. It's throwing the javelin. I yeah. don't think I have a secret weapon. Um, yeah. My right shoulder feels really good. Usually it hurts pretty bad in the off season because I'm not using it how it is meant to be used, but <laughs> it's, it's pretty solid right now. Mm-hmm. That's uh, I'm glad I could stump you with one question on here, yeah. uh, and I could get a straight up answer. But it isn't. Oh, there's the guest appearance. Yes, Maddie's making an appearance. Like I can. We needed, her, we needed her to do this. Yeah, I now I get to tag her in the post and say she appeared on it. Uh, okay. So that's good. You'll get get hopefully get some some clout on your page for Maddie. Good job. <laughs> um, I can tell you about my goals though, like the opportunity that injury is because sure. in 2012, sorry, drink of water. I, uh, <laughs> I got really strong in bench. I focused on pullovers in a way that I never had before. And I worked up to like 900 med ball throws a week, like seated against a Swiss ball, like ridiculous amount of volume in my shoulders. And I'm really excited about that. But I also have talked to Jamie a lot about rotational strength, like working on my core in a different way than I typically prioritize it. And then same thing, like very healthy shoulders. Um, in 2012, it was like very strong, elastic, like I don't care 
how much this range of motion hurts, I'm going to do it because I'm 26 shoulders. And this is like, <laughs> like more holistic um, yoga base, like band work, like things I haven't really focused on maybe since college, but just kind of making uh, my upper body more bulletproof than it's been in a while. So I'm, I'm really excited about that. And that'll start really soon. That's uh, a really good segue into another question that I'm glad I just caught because I almost uh, glossed over it. But someone asked, how do you pace yourself during recovery and balancing between like I'm between doing too much and doing too little? Because I know that's something that I have also done before where it feels like you need to heal in one day, like you're just ready to like do whatever it takes to get back, whatever. Uh, but like, obviously, that's not how it goes. Even you could have done every exercise for however long for 24 hours and it still wouldn't have healed you in one day so just like talk about the balance between or just knowing the balance of what you need to do when you're coming back from an injury for sure i i think this goes back to knowing your your staff your pts really well and having conversations about what the injury actually is like if you understand like physiologically what's happening it could be anything like what is the diagnosis what's the prognosis for healing what's the timeline look like like what's actually happening in your body because an acl surgery for example and um, tommy john's the same like if you replace a ligament you don't replace it with a ligament you replace it with a tendon and then your body over time over a very specific like scientifically studied and like reported on amount of time your body changes the tendon into a ligament and so knowing your timeline in detail and you know not obsessing over it but like having an understanding of why it takes longer for certain injuries to heal can make the mental part of it like much better uh, as far as pacing yourself because if you're like not understanding why you have to pace yourself you're gonna get impatient but if you have a more thorough understanding of what the process is uh, you're set up for success a little bit better absolutely yeah, I think that's another, uh, going back to like the mature first immature perspective, like that's the mature perspective. So whoever's listening needs to just listen to Kara and not that little thought in your head that says like, go do more, go do extra, whatever, like just trusting in who you're working with. And obviously you want to be around the best. So hopefully you can trust them. But like, if it's someone you feel good about, like just trust them. They know what they're doing more than you do. And, and that kind of goes to what you said earlier too, is like at the start, you said that they knew more about your body than you did do you want to talk about that and just like what you personally learned about your body from injury and then i guess what led you to that thought years later like looking back how do you know that they knew more about your body than you did well first of all the first time i tore my acl and that was like not in college but i did not know how acls were torn like i'm not really a contact sports fan i've i've i'm not someone who enjoys those like gory videos of extreme injuries like, <laughs> yeah. I don't, no thank you um so i i just i truly didn't even know how to protect my knees like what exercises i would do to prevent that injury um so it was just it was really really obvious to me that you know more than i do yeah. um i also i had <laughs> like, i was just flashing back to this uh my arm when i broke it I had a dramatic moment where like I would just walk around campus and it was fine. But like one day it swelled up really bad because I was just like, I had my hands like by my sides uh, while I was walking to class and such. And 
my hands swelled up like crazy and I lost my mind. Like I walked into um, sports med just sobbing and it was really, really bad. And forever after that, I like held my arm like above my head, essentially, like at all times <laughs> <laughs> to prevent that swelling. Like I just walked around looking like I was waving at people everywhere I went. But um, yeah, I, it's pretty obvious when you have those, like, I don't understand what's happening to me and why, and someone else can tell you that, like, mm-hmm. that they know more about it than you do. Um, but again, like calling my people here and saying, like the first thing um, the head sports med guy said to me was, so you think you tore it again? And I was like, yes. And he said, okay, like, let's get you home. And I was like, oh my goodness. Like just that is very, uh, very cool to be respected in return. Um, Cause I've spent 20 years <laughs> learning about right. my body as a javelin thrower. Yeah, absolutely. Do you want to talk about then like, uh, this is like the whole episode so it, it, don't worry if you repeat it because I'm kind of asking the same question in a different way but like what is the biggest lesson you've learned from dealing with injuries obviously it's probably hard to pin it down to one and you've said so many things you've learned from it but maybe just like one major thing uh, that you've learned that it's going to be okay no matter what uh, again I've like I hadn't cried that hard uh, in the days after I tore my ACL again, since like my grandma died in 2011, like even the first time I tore it, I didn't really know what was happening. And then I was like, oh, well I have this Olympic thing coming up. So I like, don't really have time to mourn in the moment. Uh, I also had no idea how hard the surgery was going to be. (laughs) So, (laughs) um, this time, like, that's really what fueled, uh, my grief, I guess you could call it. Um, but yeah, it, no matter what, I've said in the last couple of years to tours and stuff like that at the training center that I just love this sport and this life and like traveling the world with my friends to throw the javelin. And that's really what I was mourning the loss of, like in the just realization that like this is going to be very difficult. And I don't know if I want to keep being brave in these situations. Like, turns out it's way better than I even imagined. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but, like, in, you know, the days after I tore my ACL, like, I've never been hugged harder by my parents. And I was, like, with them when I was realizing it. And that was really helpful. Um, but I called Russ at one point, just losing my mind. And he said, Kara like no matter what, like whichever way this goes, it's going to be okay. And I was like, oh my goodness, like you're correct. And then I was just crying. <laughs> it was very sweet, but yeah. Like you'll return to sport or you won't uh, and it'll be okay either way. And that goes to what you said earlier too about the importance of just having things around is like that transition for you would have been a lot. It, I'm glad it's going well. Obviously everyone is glad for you that it's going well, but if it were to not you would have other places to already go immediately. You already have things set up around you. Like it would have made that transition a lot easier. But again, we're happy that that's not what we're dealing with. And we're dealing with the 2020 slash 2021 Olympics next year. So very happy about that. (laughs) Yeah. I even got cleared um, to do standing throws yesterday. Like yeah, not step into a block, like in a block position, but throw a ball. So I like, I was like, what? Like tomorrow's three months. Like I can't. Can you repeat that, please? Like, Um, so that was really cool. My surgeon also, my knee surgery was his fourth 
Russ and Kara Winger surgery. <laughs> <laughs> so that was really cool because like he just he walked in, he's like, oh hey Russ, what's up? You know, yeah. <laughs> I've, I work on both of your elbows, and you're here taking care of your wife who uh, has hurt herself again. But uh, that was cool because just again like the the network of fantastic medical providers and people that I feel like I know and believe in me and are going to help me be the best I can be. Like, that's just, they're just more team members. And that's very cool. Right. And one thing you said too, before that really is nice because you're kind of helping me again with like the paper I have to write eventually about this, like everything I'm learning on here about like the why of Javelin and the fact that your thought went to after you heard, like, I'm going to miss traveling the world with my friends. Like that's like, that's the why in and of itself if that's like your first thought is like obviously everyone loves the sport and actually throwing but like when your thought goes to that it's like the main thing I've been noticing is people like at your level compared to I mean and people at my level haven't had those experiences so it's not that I wouldn't value that but like it seems like all the elite people are really like appreciative of the experiences they get together like it's really cool to travel like it's cool to like do all these things like that really uh reinforces the the why for me so I appreciate you doing that even though I didn't ask that question and it doesn't really matter but it's like yeah, just for me it's like I'm going to be able to like focus on that because I think that's cool and that's like one of the differences I've seen over 35 wow this is the third episode 35 so 35 interviews uh it's, it's one of the things I noticed yeah I I love that and everyone says like you're gonna come back stronger than ever and like maybe that's true but maybe it's not and that's that's okay but um, again, I have more experience returning from injury than not returning from injury. I also, I hate that I have done this, but like in 2012, I'd thrown the Olympic standard in 2011. In 2016, I'd thrown it in 2015. <laughs> and I think, and I hadn't in 2016 quite because I was coming back from shoulder surgery. So 2020, like the 2019 I had, I was like, yes, like I'm going into this really strong, like physically I feel great. Technically I've never been better. I'm really excited about the team that I have. Like everything is going well. I want to like perform all the way through 2020 and then COVID happened and then I tore my ACL and like, I'm so annoyed that once again, I'm going into an Olympic year with the standard, which is like such a good thing, but I just like, I just want to have a normal, awesome Olympic year. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Which and, maybe this like shortened year, even though you got hurt, like obviously when you heal up, like maybe it was actually kind of a blessing in disguise could be. Sure. Yeah. And I, I mean, again, I loved COVID summer. It was very fun with my friend, Ari. Um, and it just, it teaches you a lot of lessons about creativity and training any way that you can, um, and how that can be even better. Cause like I've, I had a season that I opened at 6480, but that's like my seventh best throw ever 6444 at the end of like training at home, doing therapy, uh, on each other, yeah. um, while we watched the Ungr unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, like that's, that's it. Like I, <laughs> you can perform whenever. Right. Absolutely. I'm this... also very proud of, uh, Johannes better for throwing 97, 76 the year after his foot surgery. You mean my Injuries... friend? 
He's yeah, my friend. Intrigued. Like we're friends. I know. <laughs> that episode was it was great. Um, also, it cracked me up that you had audio lawnmower issues while you were interviewing the second best thrower in world history. <laughs> That's one out of thirty-five. Like I have no one. There's never happened. Actually, well, granted, it's like that was like early for me. Not it was like eight a.m. or nine a.m. It's so, like normally that is when that's happening i guess but normally that's not yeah you wouldn't but, notice it until yeah, you're like, talking to johannes yeah. exactly i was like oh nice like that's well, great that, yeah that was really fun actually um to listen to and just to watch him because we talked about his foot in belarus last year like i hadn't seen him all season because he didn't like travel very much and what i said was like i had surgery the year before my best olympics so far and he was like oh cool and I'm not pretending that I had any influence on his decision like it didn't <laughs> happen but the fact that like 2020 was what it was for him after that injury and like we talked about like that just was very cool to again notice like that piece of community that people don't necessarily get to hear about absolutely um, but it's very true yeah for sure so obviously we had an awesome interview I appreciate you doing it but I do have one final question and you're not gonna you don't have to say it yourself I'm gonna say it is someone asked How'd she get to be so fucking badass? Uh, you said before you're not going to call yourself a badass. I, I can call yourself or call you a badass, but uh, I just thought that was an awesome question. It's from my friend Jake. He, he had a good one. Uh, so I don't know what you want to say to that. Maybe thank him for asking that question, even if you don't call yourself that, but uh, that just made me laugh. Well, it makes me laugh too. Uh, yeah. I'd say, Jake, rewind, listen again. <laughs> All these little details. Um, if you consider me a badass, that's really what my life has been. And it's really interesting to be somebody that like, I feel like is injury prone. Like I was healthy for four years, Scott, four whole years. And then I tore my ACL again. And I was like, when I realized that I was amazed that it had been that long since I'd had a real injury. Um, yeah. And I just, I see all these other athletes that I'm so jealous of that never seem to have these major injuries, but if that's the, the hand that you're dealt, like you do what you can with what you've got. And, um, if that means I'm a badass, that's fine. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And that's what I was thinking earlier too, was just like, okay, I mean, she does do one of the most like violent sports on, on your body and whatever, and has been throwing for that long. So it's not like, it's like, bound to happen but it's also like not uncommon at all so like you said it's like it's not like you threw for a year and that happened it's like yeah you had a lot of just beating up on your body as every javelin thrower does for a long period of time so not yeah. can't say it was like so crazy <laughs> I feel like this is a, a um adequately badass comment I've thrown the javelin for 20 years out of thousands and thousands of repetitions I've only torn my ACL twice that's a great way to look at it. <laughs> Very small odds. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you, Kara uh, and Maddie, for making your appearance. Uh, I appreciate you taking the time. Like you've been saying, you've been super busy, but we could fit it in. And uh, your harassing of me always, uh, it worked out in your favor. You were able to come back on. So it's fine. I am glad I could do you a favor. But uh, <laughs> I'll never come back again. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. That joke will never get old for me. That's fine. But uh, no, thank you so much for doing it. It was awesome. I'm sure people, everyone can uh, take a lot away from this, whether you have an injury or you're hopefully not going to get one. But if you end up dealing with one, there's definitely a lot of lessons to be learned here about just balancing your life, recovery, and everything with it. So uh, thank you. Thank you. And talk to you never, actually. <laughs> All right. See ya. Bye.
coast Where I do the most Promise I ain't going ghost on you If I make it out the stone No, I'm gonna keep you around Swear to God, I'm not gonna switch on you